0: You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. And what is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Boot Crew Media or Nito's Tequila, the official sponsor of Boot Crew Media and DraftKings Sportsbook. You can see the promo code at the bottom, SUS, for Straight Up Saints, all caps. You could go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to play, bet $1 on either team to score this weekend. You could win $100 in free bets. Must be 21 or older, have a gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. Guys, uh, you know, I know when I go into preview pods, I'm usually like super energetic and I'm, I'm still going to be energetic here um, as much as I possibly can. But I think I've reached the point in the season where I'm like officially deflated, kind of like Tom Brady's footballs, although that sounded wrong. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, every day there's like a new Saints injury. And they're never minor. It's never, oh, uh, well, he'll be out for a week or, you know, just a game or two. No, it's, it's always something severe. And the Saints had more injuries to report today. So Adam Troutman, who go figure after having the best game so far of the 2021 season, five catches, 50 plus yards and a touchdown against the Eagles. He suffers a knee injury. We all saw him limp off the field, but it was a little unclear as to what the injury was. Well, now we find out that it is a sprained MCL. He gets placed on injured reserve. Now the official timelines, four to six weeks that can knock him out for the season. And I think that's just such a crushing blow for a player who's struggled all year, finally gained some confidence and bam, you're off the field. That's just, it really is. It kind of just shows the brutal slash cruel side of the NFL, which I get it. You know, injuries happen. They're part of the game, but for this team, it has been insane. And, And it's not just Troutman Landon Young rookie offensive tackle made his first start last Sunday Against the Eagles, and yeah, there were some sloppy moments, some penalties there for a guy in a hostile environment. First career NFL start, although some good moments. So if you guys follow Deuce Windham on Twitter, go check it out. And he actually put a nice little report of Landon Young. He loves to break down offensive line play and he put it out there, and it was actually some intriguing stuff from Landon Young. And now what do we find out? He's out for the year. He had a season-ending foot surgery, or going to have a season-ending foot surgery. He was playing with that injury against Philly. So At least we know that he's a tough son of a gun because he played through that whole game with that foot injury. So Landon Young, out for the year. Yet another Saint to add to the list. Adam Trauman on IR, maybe out for the year, but for now it's it's three games minimum and you go from there. But I think it'll be more than three games because the Saints got a game this Thanksgiving on Thursday and then the following Thursday because the NFL cares about player safety so much that the Saints are playing three games in 11 days. And yes, the NFL does not care about player safety. We kind of got that down at this point. But seriously, there are so many injuries for the Saints team. And I listed it on Tuesday. I'm saying it's Tuesday because you might be listening to this on Wednesday. Uh, I, I listed the injuries for the Saints and just how detrimental it's been to the team, how heartbreaking and devastating it's been to the team. And I put out the list, and people thought I was just trying to be like one of those like negative Nancys. I think that's the way you call it, negative Nancy or whatever, or Debbie Downer, either one you want to call it. And I tweeted, Saints players either currently hurt or out for the year. And here's the list of hurt or out for the year. Mix them all in together. Michael Thomas, Andrews Pete, Will Lutz, Jameis Winston, Alvin Kamara, Peyton Turner, Teron Armstead, Landon Young, Ryan Ramcheck, Adam Troutman. I need more than two hands at this point. CJ Gardner Johnson, Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, Ty Montgomery, Tano Pasigno, Malcolm Roach. That's the list. And guess what? We have a new additional list, number 17. Mark Ingram's the 17th member now because he's on the injury report today with a knee injury, and I'll talk about why that's a big deal in a little bit. But that's 17 players, and some of them, sure, you can get around a Malcolm Roach injury. You can get around a Landon Young injury, although the Landon Young injury hurts a lot more because you are down Armstead and Ramchek, You can get around certain deficiencies of Peyton Turner being hurt. You can manufacture it and also throw in Marcus Davenport. He's on the injury report as well, and that is brutal for the Saints because, man, I just praised him a couple days ago, and fittingly enough, he's on the injury report. So, 18 guys are either hurt or out for the season for the Saints right now. 18. 18. That is insane. That is insane. And at one level, you you know it's part of the NFL. Like, I remember last year, the 49ers dealt with a plethora of injuries, and we all just chalked it up to, hey, it's the NFL, people get hurt. And that's true. But then on the flip side, like, I just kind of wonder, like, at what point do we question the training staff just a little bit? Like, I just think that's fair. I'm not saying blame the training staff. I'm not saying take out the pitchforks. I'm just saying when do we question a little bit? Because some of these injuries, we're waiting for players to return, and they're not recovering correctly. I don't know if that's on the player. Don't know if that's on the recovery program. Don't know what it might be. I just think it's a little weird. And for the Saints, this is not a one-year deal. They, they've There are a lot of years where the Saints are really banged up. Like, even last year, and especially 2019, They were, like, crawling to the finish line. And I remember 2019, after they played the 49ers, they lost everyone. Like, they they lose that game in a shootout. And then the next day, you find out, like, five guys are out for the season. So, with the Saints, injuries, it's been a recurring theme for the last year. This year, though, he's just dialed to an 11. And it really is deflating because I think coming into the year, and I told you guys, I was like, I don't know if the Saints have the depth to overcome a couple of injuries. And then as the season progressed and you're through like week five, week six, you're like, man, I underestimated the Saints' depth. But when you got 18 freaking injuries, it, no depth in the NFL is going to overcome 18 injuries. The, a lot of the teams right now that are playing great football, most of them are healthy. Now, you do have the exception. The Cardinals are winning games without Hopkins and Kyler Murray, but guess what? Those are not season-ending injuries. Both of those guys are coming back. And then on the AFC side, you got a team like the Patriots. They, they're just healthy, but who knows what Belichick's doing, some wizardry shit there and do you have other teams like the bucks who even though the bucks are playing well they're dealing with secondary issues they're dealing with injuries to the offensive line so it everyone gets hurt so i get that but man for the saints it's to the 11th uh you know degree and it's it's insane it's absolutely insane so let's move on past the injuries and it's going to be tough cuz injuries are going to play a factor in Thursday's game that's for damn sure the saints made a couple of roster moves today they re-signed kevin white <laughs> I guess fine. Like, I, I don't know what I could say about that. Like, I can't just start feeding you guys bullshit. Cause you guys are going to see right through it. I can't be like, well, let me tell you why it's a great thing. The saints picked up Kevin white today. Cause come on, I'm not going to do that. So yeah, Kevin white's back just in time for Christmas. So the saints are dreaming of a white Christmas and yes, you can throw tomatoes at me for that reference. But yeah, Kevin white's back. He had a catch for 30 something yards against the bucks. And that's it. A lot of drops. A lot of times where he's open and just hit him right in the arms. I mean, I'm happy for him. He's got a he's got a job, and that's great. But not much going on there. So Kevin White's back. That's my analysis on that. Ken Crawley's back. I actually like Ken Crawley coming back. I think the Saints. It's good to add more DBs, especially a guy like Ken who like knows the system. And funny enough, was gonna start before Paulson Adebo took his game to the next level, and the Saints traded for Bradley Roby. So obviously, both are better than Adib, uh than Crawley, excuse me. But it's nice to have that depth there. God forbid. I mean, people are dropping like flies left and right. So it, it never hurts to add another corner. And I actually like Ken Crawley. I'm in the minority here, but I think Ken Crawley is a good depth piece. The problem with Ken Crawley was he was playing so many starter minutes that he started getting exposed at some point, but like in limited action, you can mask Ken Crawley's weaknesses a little bit better than if he's starting. So I'm happy. Ken Crawley's back as for Kevin White. Like, okay, that's, that's it. Okay. Okay. Now, they're not the only two that signed with the Saints. They claimed, I'm not claimed, excuse me, cleared waivers and then signed Malcolm Perry, former Patriots wide receiver slash weapon slash do-it-all guy. And for some people, this is a move that you're not going to care about. For me, it's actually a move that I'm really, really happy about. Now, I'm not saying Malcolm Perry's going to save the Saints because that would just be straight up BS coming out of my mouth. But coming out of college, out of Navy, I really like Malcolm Perry. He's not a skilled passer. Like, if you looked at him on the depth chart, Navy quarterback is what he's listed, but what he really is is Navy offensive weapon. That's what he really was. Over four thousand rushing yards, four hundred seventy receiving yards at Navy. Just kind of that do it all gadget type of guy. Remember, Navy just runs the football all damn day. That's all they really do. So you need a running quarterback slash athlete to be at that position, and they're just going to run the football for the majority. So Malcolm Perry is an interesting guy in the sense that like, if the Saints get creative with him, there might be some packages where he can really help this offense. And boy, does this offense need help right now. And that's why I'm really curious, how quickly can he get up to speed with at least some of the Saints playbook for them to maybe activate him on Thursday night and maybe throw in a wrinkle or two that gets the defense off guard? I, again, I, that seems very ambitious. He just signed with them on Tuesday to play two days later. Seems ambitious. But he's joining the practice squad. I like the move in terms of there's no risk, literally zero And there is some upside to Malcolm Perry, who, like I said, guys, he is an interesting prospect in terms of what he does in being versatile, having a nice skill set. And I actually remember when he was cut by the Patriots, and he was cut by the Patriots a couple weeks ago because the Patriots have Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers. The the Patriots actually have some good weapons, unlike the Saints right now. I said, you know, coming out of college, I really liked Malcolm Perry, and I wanted the Saints to take a look at him. And I said, I hope he finds somewhere – where he's able to stick and, and be a weapon. Well, I guess asking you shall receive because now he's on the Saints. So if you guys want some footage of Malcolm Perry, go to my account on Twitter, at Rose Vogel Report, and go check. I actually put out some videos that I had from January 2020 of me breaking down Malcolm Perry's game. And I vividly remember because it was like a Saturday night and I had nothing to do. And I was like, man, I love this Malcolm Perry kid. Let me just go through some footage. And I just put some on Twitter that I liked, and I showed him returning kicks. I showed him throwing the football on a trick play. I showed him high-pointing the ball when it was thrown his way. I showed him uh, making defenders pay in the open space, kind of showing what he can do when the ball gets in his hands, and those are all good qualities I have. So Malcolm Perry, at the very least, there's no risk. You could cut him if it doesn't work out. And if it does work out, you have a weapon to an offense that has zero weapons. So I I, I like it. I like the move. So unlike the Kevin White thing, I actually do have some positive things to say here, and I actually think that Malcolm Perry – if used the right way, you can find a gadget player and the saints need gadget player. They need any players, but yeah, gadget players will absolutely do. We've seen what they've been able to do with Taysom Hill. Maybe there's a role for Malcolm Perry. And again, if not, you can cut him. So before I get into the upcoming game against the Buffalo bills, Thanksgiving night, that's going to be a fun one for sure. Let's talk about one more thing. That's actually not saints related, but the reason I'm bringing it up, cause I wish it was saints related. So golden Tate signs with the Titans practice squad and it just makes me ask the question as to why Golden Tate didn't draw any interest from the Saints earlier this year now I want to preface this by saying before everyone freaks out and says why didn't the Saints sign Golden Tate I do not know if the Saints targeted you know this week and I just want to throw out Golden Tate wanted to go to the Titans Golden Tate back in June was asked in an interview Where would he want to play? And he said, I'd love to go back home to Tennessee. So just going to throw that out there. If push came to shove, I'm pretty sure he probably would have picked the Titans over any team at this point. Because one, the number one seed in the AFC right now. And two, it's home for him. And three, by the way, they don't have Julio Jones right now. So if you could go in that offense with AJ Brown and Ryan Tannehill and those boys, that's that's not a bad role to do. So Golden Tate goes to the Titans because of course, why not? And again, I, I thought Golden Tate was one of those rare receivers off the market that maybe can provide impact like a lot of people ask about certain receivers they ask me about Alshon Jeffrey or Larry Fitzgerald which by the way Larry Fitzgerald he's he's as retired as can be and if he ever does come back it's gonna be like as an honorary captain with the Cardinals this year so if they get a ring uh, if they win the Super Bowl he gets a ring that's the way I view it so when people ask me about that I always say like either washed up or just unrealistic Golden Tate was the only one who I was like all right. I mean, you can work your way around Golden Tate in like a poor man's Lance Moore role at this stage in his career and maybe work some things out. So I thought that could have worked. It didn't. But Golden Tate going to the Titans, wish him all the best there. So let's get into it. Saints, Bills. Uh, you know, I, th- this was a weird game because I think the hype level for this game was at an all time high three weeks ago because, goddamn, the Bills were looking good. And man, our Saints were looking good. Five and two beating the Bucks. And you kind of think even with Winston out, you know, Simeon looks good, they'll be fine. And and man, has this just changed because not only are the Saints struggling losers of their last three, those are losers of two out of their last three. And the one win was against the Jets. So the Bills, I would, I mean, look, if you think the Saints are disappointing, I think that's kind of crazy to me because I, I do think you got to look at the rosters right now. If you're arguing who's more disappointed this year, I think it's without a doubt the Bills. The Bills are actually my Super Bowl pick coming into this year and they look terrible right now. So, again, 6-4, and better than the Saints, but not by much. So, not much to brag about there. So, let's get into the injury report. The Bills, they're looking good. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds is coming back from his hamstring injury. He's going to play because, again, remember, you can, you know, chop off your foot and it will grow back in time to play the Saints. This is what I've learned uh, covering the Saints over the last couple years. I've learned that nobody heals faster than players who are scheduled to face, face the Saints. So, Tremaine Edmonds missed the last two games because of a hamstring injury, but you bet your ass he'll be in the lineup on Thursday night against the Saints. Cole Beasley, ribs, injure, uh, ribs injury here. Limited practice Monday, limited practice Tuesday. I, even Look, that's a big one there because Cole Beasley does so much over the middle of the field, so that's an interesting one to watch. Again, I think the safe guess would be that he does play. But if he misses time, that that is a big thing for the Bills. Now, they do have weapons to overcome that. They have Dawson Knox, Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Gabriel Davis. They're not lacking weapons, but Cole Beasley is a a technician in the slot, and that would be one to monitor. But it kind of seems that both dudes will play. I I would be surprised if Beasley doesn't play. Edmonds, full practice is both days. He's he's good to go. Now let's get to the Saints because this is where we get the long list. It's like Santa Claus's list over here. Alvin Kamara, knee injury, did not participate. Ryan uh, Ramchick, knee injury, did not participate. Marcus Davenport, shoulder injury, did not participate. Not good, by the way. Not good at all that he's hurt no Passenyo, ankle injury, did not participate. Mark Ingram, knee injury, did not participate. That's the killer there. Teron Armstead, limited participants. So that's some good news. There's your good news, Saints fans. And then some good news here, actually, Ty Montgomery and Taysom Hill, full participants. So Ty Montgomery and Taysom Hill, I think they're good to go. I think they'll be back. And that actually helps, because those are two creative weapons. Now, I would start Taysom Hill at quarterback. I said this earlier this week. I'm going to say it again. I think the Saints have nothing to lose here. And I think at the very least, It gives you a spark plug for an offense that can use one right now. So I would go with Taysom at quarterback. I don't know or think that's going to be the plan. We haven't heard anything unless Sean's keeping everything close to the vest. And maybe he is. And if Sean's keeping it close to the vest a day before kickoff, God bless him because that would be some really cool shit right there. But I don't know. So Taysom at the very least sounds like he'll play. I would imagine Ian Book will be active this week because I think that was a big mistake not having him active because when Book's inactive, then Taysom Hill can't play. Like, he, you, you can't use him because he's your backup. So I think that's going to be a, a big factor there because, look, if you're down Camara and you're down Ingram, you need a playmaker. Taysom Mill's your best playmaker offensively, so that, that would really help the void there. Ty Montgomery, interesting guy, man, because I think Ty Montgomery is a Saints player who, when they have injuries, they want to use him bad, but they haven't been able to. I think this is a week where, like, they're going to get a shot to use Ty Montgomery, and I'll throw Tony Jones Jr. out there. We all kind of want to see what he's about. He's going to have to get carries on Thursday because Kamara, I don't think Camara's playing. We'll see what happens Wednesday. There's still one more injury report to come out, but I would be stunned if Alvin Kamara plays on Thursday against the Bills. And as for Mark Ingram, I think that's the one where like I'm still on the fritz about it. Like I don't know what's going on there. I think it's kind of a TBD there. I hope Mark Ingram's ready to go. But again, he's got a knee injury. You got to see what happens there. If Mark Ingram's ready to go, I think the run game kind of... Imp- stays where it's been, consistent runs from him, and then you can mix in Tony Jones Jr. as your change of pace back. But, again, there's so many guys injured. Like, I I love to have optimistic takes when I can, and I will continue to try and be optimistic. But, like, you look at these rosters right now, and it's like, defensively, if the Saints have Marcus Davenport, I'd be like, all right, if they could win a slugfest here. If they don't have Davenport, man, it's going to be a long day because I think Davenport's the guy who can generate pressure on Josh Allen and force Josh Allen in mistakes, which he's been making at a higher clip this year than he has last year. Like, actually, crazy enough, Josh Allen has eight picks already this year. He only had 10 last year. So Josh Allen has been struggling in terms of turnovers. Not having Davenport, you're giving Josh Allen more time, he would create time anyway with his legs, so that's not great to begin with. I, I'm not saying I don't think there's any chance the Saints can win. What I'm saying is, though, like, the you looking at the scenarios and you're trying to like theorize how are they going to win it's like they're going to need a special team spark they're going to need about a turnover or two they're going to need to play clean football and they're going to need their kickers to make their damn extra points i'm asking for a lot here especially the last one sadly and it's just tough now i'm not going to sit here and mope about the saints like they you still got to play who's in front of you and no one's going to feel bad for you in the nfl that you're hurt no one so if armstead comes back. That would be great cuz you kick uh, Hurst to right tackle and all of a sudden you got three of your starters on the o-line back. And let's be real, Hurst is a starter. Like Hurst has become an honorary starter for the Saints. So really the only guy you're missing one starter, granted to be a big one in ramcheck. Now, that's going to help getting Montgomery and, and Tony Jones Jr involved, that would help. Taysom Hill's the X factor here. Whatever you're using him in whether it's at quarterback or using him as that weapon, I think that would help your offense. And if Kamara doesn't play but Ingram still plays, that would be big. I think that would really settle down some of the panic. I don't expect Camaro to play. This injury's lasting a little bit longer than people thought. Not great news, obviously, but health is wealth. So uh, we'll see what happens within there. So if Ingram comes back, then you kind of you you scale down on the panic meter. Davenport, though, like the pendulum swings, it really does because Davenport four and a half sacks in the last three games, total game record. You're going to need him in there because the Bills they're an RPO type team when they're thriving. And I think Davenport's the type of guy who you want in there to shut that shit down. And you saw what Jalen hurts was able to do on Sunday. Now Jalen hurts is a better runner than, than Allen and Josh Allen's a way better passer than Hurts, So they're not the same exact quarterback. So it's not the same fair comparison to make. So uh, I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there, but I, I'm really, that's the status that I'm watching for sure. So Moving on, what else do we have to watch for this matchup? I think something big to check out would be the the outside corners versus the wide receivers of the Bills. Stephon Diggs, Marshawn Lattimore. This is the matchup. Like Lattimore's been bad the last couple of weeks, like objectively bad in terms of he's not engaging. He's not engaging. You know, I I, I want to just call out the Saints fans real quick, and I, I hate doing this, but uh, an Eagles reporter put out the stat that Darius Slay played really well against the Saints. And Saints fans were like, oh, well, we our receivers stink. Yes, our receivers stink. But credit to Darius Slay for not giving a fuck who's across from him and saying, I'm going to lock you up. I'm going to lock you up because I'm a cornerback one, and that's what I'm going to do. Kudos to you, Darius Slay, because you did your damn job. Marshawn Lattimore should not only step up when he's facing an equal. That's the dumbest thing ever. And the worst part is, it's not just like a theory or like some type of myth buster going on. Like, no, he's done it enough times that he's admit that sometimes he doesn't fully engage. Well, Marshawn Lattimore, I'm putting you on the spot. Step up on Thursday. Because if you take Stefan Diggs out of the game, if there's any chance you have at upsetting the Bills, that's a big factor. Taking away Steph- uh, Josh Allen's first read in Stefan Diggs, Breaks everything down. It helps your pass rush get pressure on him if possible. It allows you to really open up possibilities, defensively speaking. So you know what, Latimer, you got paid the big bucks, and you've had good games. You played well against Adams. You had a solid showing against Evans. You played well against DJ Moore and other cats like that over the course of a year. But this is the game. This is These are the ones you get paid for because you got Stephon Diggs this week, and next week you got either Amari Cooper or CeeDee Lamb, whichever one, dealer's choice there step up, man. I, I said a couple weeks ago, Marcus Williams had a ball out. Marcus Williams has been balling out since. And no, I'm not saying I was a secret sauce there. They just, they just stepped up their game. Adam Troutman got called out last week, uh, two weeks ago. Adam Troutman stepped up against the Eagles. Unfortunately now he's hurt. Marshall Lattimore step up against the bills because you're a cornerback one, man. I get like, I totally get the idea that like some matchups psych you out and psych you up and you're ready to go. But it's not, like, it's not an excuse. So for fans that ripped Darius Slay or, like, Eagles fans for praising Darius Slay for locking up the Saints, I say you're wrong because kudos to Darius Slay for showing up and looking at the Saints depth chart and reading the names Marquez Calloway, Deontay Harris, Traquan Smith, and Lil' Jordan Humphrey and saying, you know what, I don't give a shit. I'm going to go lock them up. I wish our cornerback one did that because he clearly doesn't. But this is the matchup. This is the matchup. Marshawn Lattimore, man, you got Stephon Diggs here. Go do it. Go do it. Because this is this is what I want to see, man. And I've seen it time and time again. I've seen Lattimore lock up the greats. Go do it. Stephon Diggs is a great one. And man, we all know us Saints fans that Stefan Diggs could be a pain in the ass. So that's a matchup to watch absolutely. How do you contain that RPO offense if the Bills kind of thrive in that route? And Dawson Knox, man. That's another weapon. Dallas Goddard had his way with the Saints. It was very easy for him. He owned Malcolm Jenkins, and it it was just not a a good matchup for Malcolm Jenkins. And Malcolm Jenkins has been good this year, by the way, so that was a bad game for him. Dawson Knox has become that breakout tight end. Whether you're a fantasy football player, whether you're just a Bills fan, you're seeing Dawson Knox take that next step, and he's more than just a touchdown machine. He's a guy who could stretch the field at the tight end position. How do they contain him? Because Emmanuel Sanders is great. And, man, you guys know I love Emmanuel Sanders. But Emmanuel Sanders, he's not going to kill you with the huge chunk plays at this stage in his career. He's going to be tactical. He's going to be precise with his routes. And that's how he's going to get you, and he's going to get his. But Dawson Knox can break a big one, and you got to make sure you don't let that happen. So Dawson Knox, how do you defend him? That's something I'm going to watch for sure. The defensive side, the Bills are going to, from a pass defense standpoint, bottle up the Saints. Trey White's going to do his thing. Jordan Poyer's going to do his thing. Micah Hyde's going to do his thing. And it comes down to the run defense. When the Bills are losing games, they're getting gashed in the ground game. It's there every single time, whether it's the loss of the Colts or the loss of the Jaguars, or the loss of the Titans, or the loss of the Steelers. They are getting gashed in the run game. So if you're the New Orleans Saints, if you get Armstead back, Ramcheck, it seems like he's going to be out, but we'll see what happens. Wednesday can be the turning point. They could be resting guys. Who knows at this point with the Saints, Let's say Armstead's back, no check. One of your running backs is back there with Tony Jones Jr. You're running the damn ball, and you're running the damn ball, and you're running the ball at Taysom Hill, and you're making the Bills stop you. You know, a lot of people get mad that the Saints are playing conservative offense. I'm going to up the ante here. I think the Saints should be even more conservative on offense. I'm running the football every single time I can, and then I'm going to rely on my play-action pass game to hopefully open some things up. Because right now, this isn't working. Like, I know a lot of people want them to not be as conservative, but it's not working. And honestly, we saw last week, like, they tried to open things up a little bit, and Simeon struggled. So, I would keep it on a ground attack, and your defense is going to dictate a lot of this. If the defense is playing well against the Bills, it opens and allows you more time to run the football, to be a little bit more conservative. Now, if you can't stop the Bills, first off, this game is over. You cannot stop the Bills. You're not winning a shootout. Let's be real. You don't have the offensive firepower to do so. So this game plan for the Saints, I don't I'm gonna I'm gonna put this this comparison here. It needs to be the 2019 Sunday night Cowboys Saints game, where the Saints didn't score a touchdown and they beat the Cowboys. And it was all field goals. Now, now that's a little ambitious now because the Saints don't have a kicker. Will Lutz was kicking back then, and God, we would kill for some Will Lutz right now. You're not going to win a game with just field goals because your kickers can't make field goals right now. But that is the type of game. You need to win a slugfest, grind it out game. And I'm going to throw it there because it matters. The Saints need a cheap touchdown. What I mean by that is they need a special teams touchdown from Deontay Harris, or they need a pick six or a fumble six or strip sack or safe. They need some type of point to be manufactured by a unit that is not their offense. And I think if they can do that, then maybe they can pull off the upset. All that being said, guys, there's just not a lot of talent on the Saints team right now because all of it's on the injury report. And because of that, I'm going to say the Bills beat the Saints. And it, and it really sucks to say that because they're honoring Drew Brees. And this is a huge game for the Saints. But again, you guys hate when I say this. The Saints need to split the Bills-Cowboys games. I don't care which one they win. Although, like, you know, I kind of do. But they got to split those games. They have to split those games at the minimum if they want to remain a playoff team. Now, if they lose both games, me, who, by the way, I've been an optimist for most of the season. I think you're you're putting a bow in it. The season's over in terms of playoffs. The Saints will not make the playoffs. If you split, all right. Now now it's okay because you're saying let's finish the season three and three and we got this. And, and boy, if you split that, actually, but my math is off there, boys. Was it three and two? I think you finished season three and two. Excuse me. My math's got to be better than that, folks. If you split the Bills-Cowboys games and then go three and two, then you have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs. So, Bills-Cowboys, those are the upcoming games, but it all starts Thanksgiving night against the Bills. I'm going to say the Bills win this one. I'm going go to go 28-17. to I I. Just, You know, and I really wanted to pick the Saints. Like, I I really think that the Bills are not as good as people think. And this is coming from someone who picked the Bills to make the Super Bowl before the season started. They're not – the Bills have not played well, and they're not an ascending team right now. They're kind of in a decline just like the Saints. And while I think the Saints have the better coach, and I think the Saints have the better defense, Marcus Davenport being injured, Ingram being injured, Ramchek being injured, Kamara being injured. You guys get the point. So many guys are injured for the Saints right now that I'm trying to see, like, what matchups – are they going to win? Because the Bills are a talented football team. They're just not playing up to their talent level. So I say the Bills win 28 to 17. I just, I think the Saints are kind of in a free fall right now. If the Saints win, this changes a lot. But I I just, it's tough to envision a scenario uh, where they win. But again, you need defense to step up. You need your special teams to do their thing. And you need Marshawn Lattimore to be Marshawn Lattimore cornerback one. Not Marshawn Lattimore. I'm taking a bye week because I don't like the opposing depth chart. We'll see what happens, folks. Saints, Bills, Thanksgiving night. Before I I sign out here, guys, just want to remind you, I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving with you and your families. Hope you guys have a great holiday. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. And let's hope, man, look, Thanksgiving can be stressful, whether you're getting bad takes from family members or maybe your family member overcooked something or the turkey's dry. I don't know what the reason might be, but the Saints win. So all that really kind of matters in terms of whether or not the food's good on the table. At least for me, I'll take dry turkey if it comes with the Saints W. And we all know the NBC Sports turkey that they give at the end of the game is dry as hell. Drier than Kevin Durant's legs, uh, I would say. But again, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I want to appreciate and thank you guys all for tuning into this episode. Three podcasts this week, we'll probably have a fourth one after the Saints Bills game. I pray that is a victory recap, but uh not not too optimistic about that, but we'll see what happens. Saints could shock the world on Thursday night. So Saints Bills Thursday night, honoring Breeze in the Dome. He's going to call the game with Mike Tarico. It should be a fun one. Hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. And I'll talk to you guys soon on the Straight Up Saints podcast, recapping that Bills game. Let's hope the Saints end up winning that one. Who that, folks? You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.